Welcome to the Hour of Excellence, Studio Presley, featuring outstanding dignitaries who can provide extensive knowledge to advance the listening audience educationally. We are honored today to have an outstanding person, an outstanding person of the medical world. Outstanding guests, please introduce yourself. Hi, um, well, my name is uh, Omer Tahir. I am uh, a physician. I am a pulmonologist, which is a lung physician, and I've known uh, Ms. Presley for the last uh, uh, three years, so I'm excited to be here and, uh, you know, share my experience and some thoughts with the audience. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you, uh, Dr. Tahir. Now, before you tell us all about pulmonology. Is there anything else that you would like to tell us about? I'd like for the audience to know something about you, my experience with you as a doctor. I came to the hospital. I was very, very, in my opinion, I was very, very sick, but I feel good now. And allow me to pin some flowers on Dr. Tahir. I'm not doing this to get brownie points, but I'm doing this because I'm sincere about the treatments that I received at Mayo Clinic. Dr. Tahir understood my symptoms, and he was concerned that I would be successful, and he provided the treatments that were necessary to advance me to a point where I feel good about myself. He has very good communication skills. He was very open and honest with me. He made me feel very, very special. He made me feel as if I had a long life in front of me. He was just super, super. He was just an outstanding person. He did not hide anything from me. I could always expect a sincere answer whenever I ask a question. And no question that I would ask would be a question that he would avoid. He would always try to help me out. But I think that at this time, I hate to tell him because we need to tell people things why they can hear it. So I was giving him his flowers why he could hear it. Dr. Tahir, I would like for the world to know that I appreciate what you did for me and I feel good about my life in front of me. Now, at this time, Dr. Tahir, you're on. Well, thank you so much for those kind words. You know, it's, uh, it's really very, very nice to hear that, you know, perhaps more so than, uh, than, the, than the flowers themselves is also the, the gift of, you know, having seen you improve over the last few years. And, you know, uh, it's, it's extremely rewarding uh, to be able to help somebody. Um, so, you know, uh, it, the pleasure has also been mine just as much as yours to have, you know, participated in your care. Thank you. So you can tell us anything that you want us to hear at this time. We are listening. Right. Well, so, uh, you know, I would, uh, first of all, like I mentioned earlier, thank you so much for just the opportunity to address a, perhaps a broader audience. Um, I, um, if I may start perhaps with my um, experience, um, and I, I'm going to introduce 
you know, perhaps a detailed introduction for the audience so they get a sense of uh, my background. Um, so I am uh, originally from Pakistan. I um, completed all my education there, uh, completed my medical college in Pakistan. Um, and at the end of medical college, I um, had the opportunity to, uh, you know, uh, to take the licensing exams and come over to the United States for training. Um, I think um, so. So my all my background, my formative years are all in Pakistan, and um, the the person that you will hear today uh, would uh, try to represent the best out of my upbringing. Uh, I would say to start with, you know, uh, I've been extremely blessed all my life, starting with my uh, with just the care of the family that I was brought up in. Um, and especially uh, with, with my parents, um, you know, just, just the values that are inculcated, uh, they have carried me on um, and helped me a lot um, over time. Um, so I'm extremely, extremely grateful for, uh, for the support that, uh, that my family has been able to provide me over the years um, and uh, has, uh, you know, led me to, uh, to be able to accomplish uh, some some of the things I would not call them high accomplished, I, I think, but you know certainly as uh, I have been able to accomplish the goals that perhaps I was I was setting for myself. Um, so when I my journey in the United States started in about it's been ten years now. I originally completed training in Rhode Island at Brown University. Um, and uh, that was the initial training in, uh, in internal medicine, which is the broader field of medicine. Um, and I completed that, and then I worked for four years um, as an internist, um, and uh, what's described as a hospitalist, where you work for the hospital and patients who get admitted to the hospital, you're uh, in charge of their care. Um, I did that for four years, and... Uh, and then I moved on to do a fellowship in uh, pulmonology, which is the um, the field of uh, diseases pertaining to the lungs, as well as intensive care unit. So I uh, I just completed my fellowship uh, in pulmonology and critical care at Mayo Clinic, um, and that is where I had the uh, the pleasure of taking care of Ms. Presley. Um, my uh, as the discussion unfolds, I think we uh, we will. I would try to make this helpful uh, and share my experience, keeping in mind um, to try to get get give the audience the best um, uh, kind of pearls or best uh, experience that might help. Uh, you know, uh, so um, I'm uh, right right now. I. Um, I, I think I want to um, use this uh, opportunity to uh, highlight some of the perhaps things that might be helpful to general population, but also just also to mention a little bit about myself. So, because um, I realize in in general in population, you know, we may not meet people with diverse backgrounds. So, so part of the part of what I want to share today is the medical background, but part, part of it is also my, uh, just my background, you know, my individual background. So uh, it just, you know, share my thoughts 
as uh, and perhaps introduce myself to a, a wider audience as uh, somebody who has uh, you know a different background um, as an immigrant um, and uh, you know the the uh, um, the experiences that that may not be very uh, that uh, very pertinent to a few but perhaps might be interesting to some um so um you know i'm uh, looking forward to talk about all of that very good the microphone is yours all right so i i think um if i may start perhaps with my um motivations as i mentioned my uh the family um it was just the the blessings that i count you know because when you're training and when you're trying to accomplish something uh one of the key things that you want to uh reflect back on when you've accomplished a few of those things is to try and figure out how you succeeded or how you were able to accomplish those things um and and always be able to be open to learning from your own experiences um so uh, one of the um key things is definitely the support that the family provides um the values of hard work but also at the, the same time uh being honest uh and caring um are all things that are extremely important and uh, you know sometimes um we we tend to focus on the individual milestones we tend to focus on the degrees and the uh you know the honors that people get um without realizing that those are just milestones in somebody who's you know uh developing um and has so many other characteristics that took them to the milestone um so those are um those are things that um you know the your your environment family support friends um all of them play a part in getting people where where they are and i think um i would be remiss if i do not acknowledge the support the love the um and the the help that i have received from everybody around me um and in particular family but also lots of friends and 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 colleagues who have uh, helped me um to get to a point where i am now um uh, so i i think that that perhaps for me would be the the starting point i would set the stage with that um out of the various things that i could share with the audience it would be i i think some might be thinking uh would they, i assume there's a widespread in the audience and you know some of some people might be in their early career years some might be in the in the school years or high school years and some have perhaps accomplished already um so i um i, I think um a couple of my own experiences that i could uh, um i could put out there and see if people could relate would be um the uh, the decisive uh, even i think back i you know when i was completing school uh, one of the biggest life or death decisions that um i thought would be would be to decide the career that i pick 
Um, and it's it's part of it is also you know in Pakistan there uh, if you're a good student and you want to make your parents proud. Um, the the best way to do that is to either become a doctor or an engineer or you know you could be a lawyer but you really have to study hard to make sure your parents are are happy that's that's somewhat you know uh, that's everywhere it's just uh, it's i i feel it's more common in subcontinent in india and pakistan but you know certainly applies everywhere too um so that's uh, that's the initial motivation to uh, to to drive so when you're younger you feel like i need to whatever i decide now i need to do something that's going to make my parents proud my family proud and i in and, and the decision that i'm going to make is going to be the the most important decision of my life and as i reflect back into the last uh, 20 years of since i've made the decision of you know entering medicine um it's um it the the decision in itself was very, very consequential but i also learn over time to um to 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 not relate and to not focus on one decision point and not feel that um if i uh that if i zig instead of zag you know if i go one way or the other that the other the alternative side is just full of gloom and doom and one side is just full of success um i tended to think of these things in a binary way but over time i'm you know if you're young that's i'm talking to people who are younger in the audience you might be at a stage in your life where you might feel that you have a lot of pressure on you to make the right choice to make a choice that's going to set you up for the rest of your life um and as somebody who has you know been through those pressures i want you to know that that is somewhat of a self-inflicted pressure on you that it's not uh you know it is certainly important to to try and make the right decisions but it's much 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 more important to focus on your own character to have belief in your own self to inculcate the right values in yourself and have confidence that with your hard work with your sincerity with your values of uh, honesty um and your commitment um and your care and compassion for others um that you will do well in the fields that you pick whichever decision you make you the key the core concept being you need to be confident in yourself and you need to be able to work on yourself to become the person that you will be proud of and when you do that others would be proud of you regardless whether you accomplished a big degree or 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 not and you know i mentioned that in the, the big degree in a quote as in it's not you know there is no such thing as a big degree whatever you accomplish for yourself with the right goals in mind if you do so with the goals of being a good part of the community being being a productive part of the community um then that is that is a noble cause and if you have the right framework and the, and you you continue to work hard on yourself then you will 
accomplish that and uh, and uh, hopefully be able to help more and more people out um, along the way. So I uh, I wanted to share that for for the audience uh, just to perhaps in some ways inspire or or let people know that uh, you know um, uh, what people talk in more, in the major part of the uh, of the discussion might be somewhat medical, but um, I don't want this part to be lost in the discussion either um, because this is this is very very important to be able to. Um, count on yourself and to be able to look inwards and look at the best part of you and not focus on your own limitations, which we all invariably do have. Um, so it's important to uh, to focus on your own strengths and, and take those and, and run with those and, you know, achieve the goals that you want to achieve. Uh, um, some of the other things that I uh, think might uh, be interesting would be you know why I chose the path that I chose um, as in within medicine so I think for that I might uh, it might be helpful for me to explain a little bit about um, the field that I um, that I have, am part of so I as I mentioned earlier I am a uh, pulmonologist which is a lung specialist um, and I'm um, also an intensive care unit doctor, which is an, it's called an intensivist. Um, there are various um, various fields within medicine, as folks must be aware. Um, you know, when when you when anybody makes the decision of picking any field, it's quite important to um, to look inwards. You know, um, so this it may be perhaps a bit philosophical. So if I ramble on, please interject. Uh, but I would say, you know, that um, I, I've, of course, worked with a lot of colleagues and talked to lots and lots of friends and, you know, uh, over, over the years. And um, as I look back and what I've learned over time, uh, one of the, the key things is the decisions have to come from inwards. Right, so you have to. It's important to look at your strengths and not look at what's the main, uh, what what's fashionable to a degree, or or what's the in thing to do. You know, what's the, uh, I, I guess, looking into what are your strengths that would make you comfortable within a certain field, um, and um, and then try to uh, to decide the best field that you might be the most productive in. Um, for me, it was, uh, um, you know, to a degree, just being able to be at bedside, being able to, to uh, you know, help people, talk to them, um, and uh, just being able to, um, uh, you know, not just talk, but also listen to a degree, you know, to, uh, so, uh, uh, so those were the things which I liked within medicine. So I, you know, I thought that for that reason, internal medicine was a good fit for me. Um, it's also very, very varied and very um, broad. So um, you really get to um, to to um, learn and as well as to also uh, rely on a lot of the medical things that you have learned in medical school. So it's you know it's kind of fun as you're learning and going through the process. Um, and then later on, as I um, 
looked further into the fields as to what might be a good fit for me, it uh, seemed like ICU and uh, pulmonology were would be good. Um, I initially started off um, thinking I would, the primary interest was in ICU, was an intensive care unit. Um, and that was twofold, you know, just one was my um, desire to be there in the acute setting, you know, just wanted to be there to, you know, what, what happens in the ICU is essentially people are on the verge of dying and you're trying to bring them back. You know, that's the, uh, that's the nature of the work and it's, uh, it's quite rewarding to be able to do that. So that's where I initially started. And it so happens that if you do ICU, you also, there's, most programs would say you can do pulmonary as well. So, um, uh, that's when I, you know, started paying a bit more attention and got a bit more interested in in pulmonology. Um, and as I got interested, I learned a lot and I developed a lot, a lot of uh, of uh, interest within pulmonology. Um, I would say uh, I started uh, to really enjoy working in pulmonology um, and. No, the the combination of both of them just led me towards doing a pulmonary and critical care fellowship. Um, it's been a very very rewarding and eye opening a learning experience um, to have uh, have uh, you know gone through the fellowship. Um, and it's also been I, I as I, as I mentioned earlier always I one of my key key ways of thinking and processing is to certainly go back and rely on my own strengths, but also always being able to count my blessings. Um, I started, you know, the introduction with counting my blessings. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the experiences that I've had, all of them shape you over time. So I count all of them as blessings. Um, and in the same way, I think one of the, not only the ability, not only the uh, the opportunity to uh, become uh, a pulmonologist and learn, you know, at the forefront of research at, at bigger universities. Um, I think I would put perhaps Mayo Clinic at another as a, as a big blessing. Um, the the opportunity to have worked there is uh, was. You know, in, in definitely transformational in my way of thinking about uh, medicine at large, in my maturity as a physician, as well as in my way and my uh, the, the methods of taking care of uh, of people. Um, so it has left a lasting impression on me. And I, I definitely count that as one of the, you know, a huge blessing to have had that opportunity. Um, I think, um, you know, uh, I, I might, if I, I think it might be best if I, you know, let you interject here and, uh, and what you, what do you think that that the audience might want to uh, learn or, or, you know. Uh, know about me, and I would and maybe I can elaborate on those specific things. Well, you're doing a good job, and I'm I'm enjoying it. Anything you want to tell us, because you're the expertise in this area. Anything you want to tell about yourself, about pulmonology, anything, 
we are listening. Our ears are open. So you make that decision. I see. Um, I think that maybe if I to give the uh, give a little bit of structure to this, it might be maybe I could take a few minutes to talk about my experience just as an immigrant, and so I can yes. use this opportunity. Um, yes. And because that is something that we uh, that you know in general uh, people don't get to share as much. So I think. That might be um, helpful for me. And then uh, maybe in the second half, I could talk a few minutes about some of the common things that people should know of um, and uh, that, you know, uh, be, you know, with my uh, career as a physician, I might be able to, you know, uh, highlight some of those things. Very so, good. Right. Okay, good. So um, I think, first of all, as an immigrant, as I started off saying, I want um, uh, to, um, it's very important and it is very, um, uh, I guess, helpful in a degree for people to know that I'm from Pakistan. And I say that, you know, from the very get-go, because what I say is is a reflection of my experiences of my upbringing uh, in in Pakistan. It's a reflection of my values in Pakistan. Um, it's not a reflection of Pakistan. <laughs> you know, Pakistan being a country of 240 nearly 240 million people. Um, so, uh, you know, it's certainly not a reflection of everybody from Pakistan. But um, if you you agree or if you can relate to the things that I am saying or that I might say, uh, then, uh, you know, I want to highlight the point that um, you are in essence agreeing or relating to a lot of the things that people are doing, uh, you know, thousands of miles away. So at the core of it, the the values the the basics are very much shared whether you grow up in in the united states or grow up abroad uh you know where you grow up in jacksonville or in lake city or in uh you know uh, anywhere else in, within the country or anywhere else outside the country um so you know sometimes we and this is uh, a general sweeping statement. It's not uh, some, you know, it's not in any way uh, critical. It is natural where we tend to focus on the differences more than the uh, the similarities. Right? We tend to focus on the uh, on how uh, someone perhaps wears their clothes differently, or how someone maybe. Um, uh, you know the the color of the skin tone uh, for example, we tend to focus on those differences we uh, I would even say we tend to focus on the differences of how people pray right everybody prays and and let's pray out in the in in the universe uh, but it is a similar concept so in a lot of ways we are very very similar so um you know for the audience for people in the audience who may not have had a chance to closely interact so we all interact with people from across the world but we don't always share our thoughts you know we don't always get to know what's going on inside their heads 
and sometimes when we because we don't have get the opportunity to do so we can make assumptions we can uh and we could either paint them in in a in a good light or a bad light based on perhaps seconds of encounters um and and we can maybe use you know it wouldn't be unusual for people to extrapolate that and just you know uh um just just really focus on the differences so um you know i think um the the main theme that i wanted to highlight is that you know in many ways the challenges the life the things that one person does is very similar to what everybody else does in the universe we are all very very um you know at the core of it very 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 similar um and we should celebrate that we should think about it more often we um uh, you know we, we should uh, relate to others because of those similarities more so than we can find differences you know so um uh, so for for me you know that 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 was important i thought you know to share that uh, as an immigrant you know when you come to the united states i i have to yeah thank the people of the united states at large because my voice is now out there going on a podcast uh but uh, you know i think it's i have been welcomed um and i have uh, you know the places that i have uh worked and the people that i have met um you know i have felt warmth and they've you know really tried to you know get me to become a part of the community and teach me and help me grow and help me mature um so that is uh, i can you know i that i cannot thank the people of uh, the, within the united states the people that i have encountered have been great and amazing and really have helped me um me grow which you know uh, is is just amazing um so uh you know and and not to say that none of us get uh you know um we don't always get the best encounters but the experiences that you go through you learn from them and um and you know the people around me with their support i have been able to you know uh, make the best of my time here in the united and i have enjoyed and i look forward to you know uh being more of a part of the community um in the coming years uh, so that's the uh, uh, i wanted to share some of that um i i think the uh, uh, the second part of it if i could get to the uh, the job the pulmonologist part of it um i um as you can confess i didn't you know think it through when i started so uh you know otherwise i uh, would have perhaps a better public health messaging uh, um, in my mind um but i think uh, you know some of the key uh things and i mentioned those first as a as a pulmonologist and you know goes without saying uh you know for anybody out there who's who might be listening and uh, who smoke or vape or um you know uh, are uh, really doing things that could hurt their lungs please please um you know reconsider the, your decisions um 
those are uh, not healthy for you. Those are those are just you know uh, very damaging things in our society that really need to be dealt with, and really need we need to increase awareness in the society more so than what we've been doing to really try to uh, eliminate those even more. You know, we've already made lots and lots of progress. You know, um, uh, when we're comparing U.S. with the uh, rest of the world, we are, you know, in many ways doing really good um, as far as our regulation goes, as far as our just the behavior of people goes, um, as far as smoking goes. But, you know, we can certainly do better. So, um, and I would be remiss if as a pulmonologist, I do not use this opportunity to... Um, to you know, uh, make a pitch for uh, you know quitting smoking, um, as well as uh, also to uh, you know be vape, also quitting vaping. And uh, anything inhaled is not good for the lungs. Uh, so there would be advertisements for uh, you know, nowadays vaping and uh, and things like that. Uh, or um, I see hookah or uh, shisha and things like that coming up. So those are all of them are detrimental uh, for for your lungs. Um, very, with the same, very good. Right. That is that. that and, and I know people know this. I just want to still highlight that it. it's just, just that important, right? Um, in the same way, also, if I could point out that those are things that you are actively inhaling, right? But the air that we inhale is not unrelated to us. In the whole ecosystem, we are contributing a lot to the air. To the, so if there is pollution in our environment, it is at a micro level our doing. So we have to take responsibility of that. We have to be mindful of you know how the energy we consume, the uh, you know the uh, in whatever way if you're adding to the the uh, uh, air pollution, we should try and avoid it. And that goes for all kinds of pollution. We have to take care of the earth, but uh, but you know specifically talking about the lungs, we should um, uh, we we should think of ourselves as a part of the broader ecosystem as a part of the broader uh, in a milieu where we reside, we need to be responsible. And we, and it, it is coming back. You know, if, we, if someone's not responsible, the action of one is going to hurt others. Um, so we, we should be mindful of those. Um, a few of the other uh, perhaps important things um, Related to the lungs, I would share, uh, you know, one for the audience who's not very familiar with the with lung diseases. Um, there are, um, a, in a broad sense, the few different kinds of diseases that we deal with. Um, you know, some, some of the most common ones, uh, of course, being things like asthma or COPD, which is chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Um, those uh, COPD being the disease that we see very often in people who smoke. 
Um, so, uh, and then asthma um, can have environmental, uh, you know, triggers that could trigger it, or other innate triggers, or you know, there's there's several ways that could be triggered. But basically, it is both of these are in some ways diseases where the breathing tubes of the lungs are narrower. Um, and a lot of times you might see us trying to help people by giving them inhalers um, so they can uh, they can breathe better. Um, for people who have uh, might be listening in the community, you know, um, I guess if I give you the names of the diseases, it may not be very helpful. The the way perhaps a layperson might think of lung diseases might be related to symptoms. So so if I may step back a little bit and I can share with you the common symptoms that, that you know, people experience. And maybe, you know, if, uh, um, I guess the, the awareness of those symptoms might allow people to be more educated about it and if, you know, uh, and, and perhaps seek help uh, if they are experiencing uh, some of those. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously the most important thing that the most common things, the two of the most common symptoms that we see as a lung specialist are, are cough and uh, uh, shortness of breath. Well, people would feel short of breath. So, uh, you know, a lot of the, the symptoms revolve around these. Um, for people who have asthma, it might be that they are exposed to something. So sometimes they would have triggers such as environmental changes, weather changes, exercise, uh, chemical inhalants, um, you know, in the in the environment, and they might trigger their shortness of breath. Only people would experience that they would have either cough early in the morning and more so at nighttime. They might experience shortness of breath at nighttime. Uh, and whereas during the day they might be able to carry on with their day without being that short of breath, but at night time they might get you know more um, winded and might have more uh, urge to cough. Um, and uh, uh, the uh, the other common thing being for kids growing up, they might not be able to keep up keep up with their peers and might be um, uh, you know they may not be able to participate in sports or in running activities as much because they might find themselves getting short of breath. Um, so for uh, those are the main uh, ways in which people would present. Um, and uh, you know, if uh, if there is suspicion for asthma, your doctor might consider doing uh, some breathing test or might consider doing a trial of uh, um, an inhaler uh, to see if you respond and uh, and try to uh, you know, use that. And and the good thing about asthma is it, it even though it's very very common. Um, uh, it's uh, very very treatable. Um, so that's so you so so Dr. Tahir, you're saying that a lot of lung diseases they are more more environmental. It's nothing that the person has really done, like COPD, but it's just maybe something they have been held in the environment, right? That's that's um, what you're saying. Right. I think the environment plays a big part. Um, you know, there are things that we have control over, right? like you mentioned, like smoking. Um, and then there are things where one might not have control over, like the air pollution, like the pollen counts, like, you know, the uh, the, the mold that somebody might be exposed to where, uh, in their surroundings. 
those are things where someone does not have a lot of control over it, so the environment does play a big part in those things. Um, and then there's also a, a, a big biological component to it where, um, you know, some people's genetics might predispose them to have certain diseases, right? or in, uh, in other ways, some people's, uh, um, uh, you know, certain past exposures in the environment, such as work-related, might, you know, like people who, uh, who were previously, for example, ex- exposed to asbestos in their environment or, or worked in a coal mine or worked on the farms where certain kinds of, uh, you know, um, uh, inhalants could be triggered. So those are, besides the environment, some people also have a natural tendency of being more uh, reactive to certain exposures. And that is, that's something we are still trying to figure out. You know, certain, certain diseases tend to be more common in some subsets of people, and we don't know exactly uh, why that is the case. The, the hypothesis usually comes down to that either those people have a certain genetic makeup that is that makes them more susceptible, or they have a um, they had a common exposure in their environment, but it, the exposure might be so vague that we may not be able to put a finger on it and highlight it. Okay, thank you, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the the most common thing that uh, as a pulmonologist we we hear about is asthma. Um, and then COPD, um, and the other, uh, some of the less common uh, things that uh, that we deal with are there are certain diseases where, well, uh, yeah, the other, you know, common one, it's unfortunately common, but thankfully not the most common, is lung cancer, right? So we, we do, uh, uh, lung cancer is one of the most common cancers in the United States. It's the leading cause of death in the United States, uh, death from cancers. Um, so it's a uh, it's a very uh, important, um, you know, um, public health awareness thing. So we do help diagnose them. We do help doing uh, for people who have smoked for um, uh, several years and they have quit just recently, some uh, you know, in the last uh, 15 years, and they smoked a, a decent amount. And I would encourage people to talk to, to their primary care if they fall in those categories. Um, they, there's also now this um, uh, screening program where people with a, with a significant amount of exposure can have a CT scan periodically to monitor if they have any um, uh, concerns for uh, lung cancer in their, uh, uh, you know, because of their smoking history. Um, those are. It's not for everybody. I do not recommend that everybody should have it. It it is not the right approach, and people might get hurt if you just even if you if someone's not been smoking or if they've only been smoking a little bit, and they want to try to, to get CT scans. It is not the right approach. I would not. I, I want to highlight that that is not that that should not be done, um, and it can have very you know difficult consequences. But for people who have uh, smoked um, and uh, they, uh, it's uh, uh, for for a decent period, you know, 30 pack years is how we describe it. But uh, any uh, good amount of smoking would be a general rule of thumb to remember. And uh, if they've quit in the last uh, few years, then they should uh, talk to their primary care and see if they would be eligible for that screen. 
So that, uh, and then we do help diagnose them. So we, uh, you know, we can do procedures such as bronchoscopies, and uh, we can, which is a procedure where uh, we will uh, people would get anesthesia. We would we have a flexible tube, and we introduce that to look at the lungs from inside the breathing tubes, essentially. And uh, you know, for some of the lesions that might be closer to the breathing tubes, we might be able to get samples. Um, and uh, uh, you know, di- help diagnose those things at an early stage. Um, so those are um, th- those are also you know fairly common for uh, for to to encounter in lung field. Um, and some of the other uh, things that are um, perhaps less common but very consequential are um, things such as what's called interstitial lung disease. Those are diseases where people can have um, uh, scarring of the lungs. And it's uh, and it can progress over time. There is a variety of causes why one might have it, um, but you know, uh, scarring in the lung can be irreversible. So if somebody has it, they should be um, uh, you know, they should be followed by a pulmonologist periodically to make sure that things are not advancing. And as we are getting better at treating those, you know, the earlier we can diagnose people, the better it is. Um, for when I talk about this, I want to be, you know, very clear uh, for the lay audience to be aware that the incidence, which is, you know, the number of people who might have a disease like that, is quite low. Um, so, you know, an average person, a normal person who doesn't have a reason to to have such a scarring in the lung uh, should not get alarmed at at you know, basic symptoms. If someone's just feeling short of breath or just having a little bit of cough, um, you know, that should not be the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, and please, you know, and uh, with any symptoms, look to your primary care providers for guidance and and uh, and see, you know, how to proceed from there or even see a pulmonologist if the primary care feels appropriate. Um but um, but just for people to know broadly, the, the, that's one of the conditions that we help treat and and follow people along, um, and we're uh, you know we're able to make a difference sometimes, perhaps because we cannot reverse these things, but we can help manage the disease to a degree that we can keep it at bay and keep it at uh, you know from progressing further, so people can. Uh, uh, can go on with their lives and you know enjoy the things that they do around them. Um, then there uh, there are other you know several other kind of uh, lung conditions that we deal with. Some people can have fluid around the lungs, which is called pleural effusion, so um, or just diseases of the covering of the lungs. We 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 can help with those as well, but again, a lay person may not be able to differentiate those or there's no specific symptoms, so I, I wouldn't belabor that point. Um, and then also um, you know, there are certain diseases called pulmonary hypertension where the blood vessels that supply, um, the, that go from the right side of the heart pass through the lungs and go to the left side of the heart. Uh, those blood vessels could be uh, could have high pressures and it could, they could keep people from breathing well. Um, so, and again, that is also a fairly rare uh, disease in the big scheme of things. You know, for a population at large, the incidence is quite low. So it wouldn't, 
it, you know, for, for symptoms, I, I would not think of those as the first or the second thing that come to mind. So, you know, if someone's having symptoms, I would encourage them to talk to a primary care provider and then, you know, uh, move on to. But uh, if the primary care provider feels appropriate, they should talk to a pulmonologist um, and, uh, you know, and then uh, go from there. So that's that's perhaps a broader idea of, of all the things, and and that's not definitely not all by any means, but you know several of the things that pulmonology um, deals with. So the important thing is early detection, and then don't panic. That's what you would suggest. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. I think yes. Yeah. You you highlighted exactly the the most pertinent things. You know, there is uh, that if you have symptoms, talk to your primary and 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 you know definitely get uh, help early on if there is something there. But if you you know if you don't get a lot of uh, uh, the odds are you're gonna you're not gonna have anything dangerous, right? So uh, there are very few people who would have advanced lung disease. Uh, most people might have some some things such as asthma that are you know treated and that they're they're reasonably good at treating those and managing. So, um, so you know seek uh, seek advice from your uh, providers and go from them. Now you have really enlightened us. You made us. I know you made me feel good. I feel I'm just smiling, and I thank you for the extensive knowledge. Dr. Hare, I really thank you for that. And I know the audience, some of the ones who might have been troubled, they're smiling now because you have really made it crystal clear for us. And we appreciate it. We appreciate it. Yes. And anything else you want to share, you can do that at this time because this is your hour. And, um, you know, it's left up to you as to how much, or how less you want to uh, share? Okay. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, a couple of the other things that do come up quite often for us and I, I would, um, might be helpful to share. Um, one would be, um, so this, I'm, I'm uh, moving a little bit beyond the lungs and just in general, the, uh, Im- the importance of, uh, of, being healthy and exercising, it it just is something that cannot be overstated. Um, you know, a lot of our uh, you know day to day symptoms that people might experience, you know, the the maladies that that people suffer from, um, it's a lot of them are not really, it's not just a it's not a straight correlation between lack of exercise and getting sick many a times but it's important to know that you know most diseases would do better if people were able to exercise because there are changes that happen in the body that allow um the the body to be able to cope with those diseases better so especially as an internist i would say Anybody who has any chronic disease, and those chronic diseases could be as common as high blood pressure or diabetes or um, uh, um, obesity, or they could be, you know, extremely rare, such as or or just you know more involved, such as uh, people, you know, with kidney failure or or severe lung disease on oxygen and things like that. There, it's it's 
hard to think of circumstances where an average person should not exercise. And it does not have to be running a marathon. It is just about being active and following a regime, a regimen of exercise. And and the benefit there being not just the activity part of it, which certainly is of benefit where your body's mechanics do better when you're exercising and using all parts of the body on a regular basis. Um, certainly that those mechanics would help as well. Um, but also things such as someone's mood would do better if people were to exercise. Their ability to cope with stress would be better if they were to exercise. Um, their ability to regulate their appetite would be better if they were to exercise. So those are those are things that are uh, very very uh, you know important, and they are they are not very hard for hard to do, but they involve a certain commitment, which takes me to the second benefit of exercise, because sometimes it's a one is the like I mentioned the mechanical the day to day the body bodily benefits of it. But then there's also the second benefit of it is this, that making committing yourself to doing something on a routine basis has a lot of benefits in several psychological ways, uh, such as allowing people to learn how to just make a habit, a good habit, which is very important. And also, besides making good habits, um, allowing people to prioritize the things that are important for them, which then helps raise people's self-esteem and uh, the ability to feel like they are contributing to their own well-being. So those are those are perhaps you know, abstract concepts, but they are extremely, extremely important. So the, as I was started off saying, you know, there's it's hard to overstate the benefit of exercise. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if I was to perhaps highlight the key important things, uh, it would really be that, that body, the body mechanisms, they would work better if somebody was to exercise frequently. And also very, very important, just as important is the fact that they would learn to make good habits and then take control of their well-being. Um, and, uh, and that would allow their healing moving forward. So for anybody, healthy or not, they should do it. And for anybody who has a chronic medical condition, they should absolutely do it. Uh, and if I may share, you know, this is this is one of the key things that we talked about a few years ago when I met Ms. Presley. We were, uh, you know, uh, besides starting some medicines and whatnot, we were uh, we talked at length about how it's very important to uh, to improve uh, the body's own strength and con- what we call conditioning. Um, and I have to commend you for putting in a lot of work uh, and, uh, you know, really turning things around um, just you. over a matter of months, you know. So those, that's, that's simple, you know. I, I think, you know, uh, uh, it would, it's perhaps just as important for me as the physician to highlight the, the important common things that, than to talk, um, you know. Yes. Well, you you were a motivational factor, Doctor Taher, and I had a I have a very good team of doctors led by you, and also I can I can uh, include the ones 
school are working with me in Lake City. I have a team of doctors who really care. And it all trickled down to you, you know. You know, you 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 know, it's the um it's the communication skill, there's the caring skill that you projected to the team that made a difference in my medical growth. And I cannot I appreciate you for that. I appreciate you for that. And um, you know, because as I said when I when I came to you I was not at my best, but now I feel better. I'm a miracle worker. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel good. Yeah, I told you. And you remember, I'm a miracle worker, and you were just great. Okay, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna allow you to do anything, close out anything you want to do because this is the microphone is yours, and I want the world to know how wonderful you are, and what a difference you made in my life which also made a difference in my family's life. And, you know, you you just made a difference in every patient, I'm sure, that you had something to do with. Yes. And I'm talking from experience, not as the little children would say, not to get brownie points, <laughs> but I'm talking from experience, yes, from experience. Yes, yes. Thank you. Yes. That, is, that is very, very kind. Uh, you know, as we are all trying to... Um, you know, on a day-to-day basis, trying to help others. And, uh, you know, it's not, as as when we talked a few weeks ago, I had mentioned it's it's somewhat selfish of us as well. You know, just like when when you exercise, it helps you, um, you know, uh, gain more confidence as well as just just the reward of it, you know, that that has a lot of psychological benefits. And, you know, many times when we... Are able to help somebody. It is very helpful for us as well. So, uh, so we are also being helped just in the act of trying to help people. Um, and uh, you know, it's just it's one of those blessings. You know, you can't if if you've been put in a role of being able to help others. You know, the, it's hard to. Uh, it, it's just uh, you know I don't know how. I, there's no way to be thankful enough for for that opportunity so you know yes. very very blessed to be able to be in that role um i think one uh, one other thing so since you're talking about if i could maybe plug here would be um there is you know we we are we are in the age of social media so uh in general there are people have a tendency to just look up random symptoms or to look up random diseases. And, uh, you know, more often than not, which is almost 99% of the times, you know, it does not lead to any kind of productive, healthy benefits to people. I would not discourage somebody from, you know, reading about some uh, uh, something that they have been um, diagnosed with. But if someone has not been diagnosed with anything by a specialized, trained provider, then they really should be careful in reading things um, uh, online. They should also be very careful in, uh, um, if they were even to read things about something that they've been diagnosed with, um, such as, you know, say someone's diagnosed with diabetes or high blood pressure and whatnot. Even if they're reading about something that they have already been diagnosed with, you always, always, always 
have to try to get it from a good source, a reliable source, um, not out on the social media, just a source that, you know, that the easy way might be uh, to look for, uh, you know, a hospital's name such as Cleveland Clinic or Mayo Clinic or, uh, you know, Harvard or Johns Hopkins. Those are big names. And all of them would, if, if that's where you're getting your information, those are written by professionals, so they try to keep it to a degree where it would not cause unnecessary uh, anxiety or it would not cause any, um, you know, kind of significant confusions. So if someone was to read about their own particular condition, then please, please, please make sure that you're reading a reliable source. Also, if, if someone is... Um, thinking about uh, even if you've read a reliable source uh, there's no amount of reading that is a substitute for a clinician's in-person evaluation so I would strongly encourage people to regardless of them reading a book about a certain disease still know that it's the clinician's job to apply that whole book to their individual circumstance and just reading, you know, articles about one thing may not be make them an expert of how to apply that in their care. So that, uh, you know, please, in general, in the community, please give that deference to your providers. Uh, please have trust in healthcare providers. Um, we try to do our best. In, in helping people. Um, and, you know, it always comes from a good, uh, good place to try to help people out. Um, nobody, no one is perfect. So, you know, if you're going to read and have questions, please ask questions. If you don't have answers, we will try to get the answers. But um, please don't antagonize. Please don't, uh, it may, perhaps antagonize is not the right word, but please do not, um, you know, go against the advice of a healthcare provider uh, just based off of your reading, or dare I say, just your feeling. You know, I, this is the, it's not uncommon where people would say, "I feel this is the best treatment," um, so I ergo I will try not, I will not take that medication. You know, the, and that that happens if you have concerns about the medication. Please try to your provider about it. Please work with them to uh, to find a solution to your concerns. Um, uh, but you know, do, do not dismiss uh, that that um, the importance of their opinion um, because it's uh, it's something that I that we see quite often. You know, and and it's perhaps going to get more and more as people rely on social media for their information. Um, and uh, and I would also say, you know, things that are presented in the social media may not have the right context for people to understand. So, you know, for example, you know, you, you might come across articles that would quote a certain percentage of a treatment working or a, you know, a, a disease uh, for people having problems with a certain disease and things like that. You know, uh, it is, it takes a very trained person to be able to understand those kinds of numbers and to actually apply 
to uh, to an individual. So again, blanket reading of articles and random numbers being presented um, have to be taken with a grain of salt. And uh, in you know, if I could maybe uh, the broader message I could leave with people would be that please have a good, healthy um, relationship with your healthcare providers. Please work with them, help them be able to give you the right guidance. If you don't help them, if you don't work with them, then you might get a generic guidance. They may not be able to individualize their advice to your circumstance if you do not work with them. And at the end of the day, it would be the loss for both of you. So it's important that, you know, talk with an open mind, keep an open mind, listen to the advice with an open mind, seek their advice with an open mind. Um, And, uh, you know, if you have questions, be very open and honest about those questions so we can answer those to the best of our ability. Um, And and we can come up with a a care plan that, that hopefully would work for you. Now, you gave us some powerful information, powerful information, and I'm glad that you said that because part of what you said, I'm guilty. I go on the Internet and I read something, and I think that's the gospel. But now I know better. I should have known better. I'm glad that you said that to all of us, and we listen. I'm sure we are listening, and I thank you for that. I thank you for that. I do. I thank you for that. Yes. 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 That's fair. Now, do you have any kind of closure? I know you're you're busy. We have taken a lot of your time from your busy schedule. Do you have any closing remarks? Because this has been educationally, medically, scientifically, sensible, all kind of things that I could say. This has been a blessing. You have been a blessing to take time from your business schedule to share with us, and we appreciate you. Do you have any closing remarks? And I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad that I had an opportunity for you to work with me at Mayo Clinic because it made a difference. And everyone, everyone that worked with me, they had your same concern. You love your patient. You were concerned for us. Great communication. You didn't hide anything from me, and I appreciate you. I can go on and on. I can do a whole program about you, Dr. Tahir. I can. But I think what you've done, what you've done today, or what you've spoken today, it lets the world know that there is a special pulmonologist in this world, and. I don't know where he's going to end up, but I feel bad because he's leaving me. But anyway, I have to share him with other people. So I'm not being selfish, but I am being selfish. <laughs> yes. So any closing remarks that you have, you have, Doctor. And I'd like to thank your family for sharing you with us. I'd like to thank the queen, the princess, and the prince for allowing us to share you. Okay. So any closing remarks? 
Uh, I think, uh, you know, a couple of things if I could uh, say. First of all, like, thank you so much for, for you know, uh, giving me this opportunity to uh, to talk about things. And, uh, you know, I hope I was able to add something of use to the audience. And um, and it certainly was very enjoyable for me to, to participate in this. Um, so I really thank you a lot uh, for, for this opportunity. Um, and then secondly, I would uh, say so the queen, the prince, and the princess. Um, uh, so my <laughs> wife, her name is Khansa, uh, my son Hamza, and my daughter Zaira. Um, they are in uh, Pakistan right now, um, and I'm, I'm going to hopefully join them in a few days. But um, I do miss them a lot, um, so I wanted to you know, pass my love on from this forum and... <laughs> Uh, you know, just uh, again talking about blessings, right? So it's—I uh, it, it, don't think there's any blessing that could be more than those. So, um, uh, so I think you know, thank you for uh, for for just this opportunity, and uh, you know, I, I would be happy to to have um, a more perhaps a focused uh, discussion about any topic if that was uh, you know desired. Um, in the future, I um, also thank you for uh, for all the kindness that you've shown me. You know, it's been a pleasure taking care of you, um, and I've I've really enjoyed it a lot. And I, I wish you all, uh, the best of health. I, I hope you you've already, like you said, a miracle worker. So I hope you you keep that spirit, and I hope you keep keep building on it. Um, and and hopefully, you know. Uh, you can change and you can motivate a lot of people and uh, through this this forum. Um, so and I commend you for you know taking the initiative of doing all of this for your community um, and for just in general for people itself and you're, you're you know putting so much effort into it. So, uh, so that's 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 great and uh, you know really congratulate you for being able to do all of that. Yeah. Well, you you are my you're one of my motivators, so you have I have you to thank for this, and also the queen, the prince, and the princess. They can hear this, they can hear this. So all they have to do is go on the podcast, and it will be posted on Sunday, uh, next Sunday. It will be posted, and you'll be able to see it. And I and we'll get one of your pictures, and we you'll be able to see it and hear it. Yes. They'll be able to hear what you just said, and we appreciate you. We do. We appreciate you, and you will really be missed. And you have not gotten rid of me because I know how to contact you. If not, I, they have airplanes that's going, boats and everything. They're going, and I can even, I can even rent a, a private plane. I can. <laughs> but yes, we appreciate you. We do. And I, you know, this such it has been such a great experience. You know, when it's great experience, you hate to close it out. But but I guess we cannot stay here twenty four hours. So but yes, but it is great. But any anything I said anything you'd like to say in closing, anything. Uh, no, I think that's uh, just a, the thankful. I mean anything else allowing me. But yeah, no, I think that's uh, uh, that's about uh, most of the things that I think would be important and helpful for people. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you for being you, um, Dr. Tahara, because no one else qualifies, and you continue to be wonderful. And I know 
that you will because that's the way you were born. You can't be in a way but wonderful, and you help everybody. You you have that spirit about you that that we appreciate in a doctor, and everybody that that was surrounded, everybody that you surround, they fit your personality. They are, and that's why we we appreciate doctors. We appreciate doctors. Well, okay then. Well, I'm not going to hold you. And I thank you for being you. As I said, no one else qualifies. Thank you. You're very kind. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay then. You have a safe a safe trip to Pakistan. Okay. All right then. And good night. Good night.